Football Giants. It's the preview that never ends. Play the game already. I do believe Pittsburgh wins, but New York might cover six points. Might. I'm a pessimist. I could talk myself into anything if it's bad. So the Giants are going to stay in this game. The Giants might pound the ball on the ground with Barkley and Deion Lewis, the old pit back. Now, that might not work. That might not win. But it would make the game short. It would allow the Giants, in theory, to hang in there. I'm not sure yet about Daniel Jones at quarterback for New York, Danny Dimes. The Giants have a decent tight end, Evan Engram, six foot three. He's not Gronk, but Engram could be a handful. And Sterling Shepard is a decent receiver. Everybody else has trouble defending a good big tight end, but especially the Steelers. So Engram's the guy. Well, no, Barkley's the guy. And then Engram. And then maybe Shepard. Joe Judge, the new coach for New York, he's going to throw a few curveballs. But New York has a bad offensive line, and so that Steelers defense could go nutso. This is the Mark Madden Show. The Pirates are on the B team. I'm talking Steelers. Why not just run up a white flag? Come on, feel the noise. Girls, rock your boys. I'm here till 6 o'clock, 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or tweet me, at MarkMaddenX. Uh, What prop bets should I take a look at tonight? What's the over-under on when Connor and Tuitt get hurt? Imagine a tag team match between those two versus Bo Bennett and Nick Bukestad. It'll be over in 10 seconds. Uh, The Pirates game on Saturday at Kansas City was delayed by an armed shooter. That's apropos because the Pirates have held Pittsburgh hostage for years. And then the Pirates lost that game, and yesterday they lost again. 11-0 at Kansas City. They got swept by a team that's in last in the AL Central. Pitt won by a ton. West Virginia won by a ton. Both against Jabroni Schools. That's instead of Pitt and West Virginia playing each other. And that's why people around here don't pay attention to college football. Pitt's number 25 now in the uh, AP poll. The Big Ten and Pac-12 aren't playing, and Pitt is number 25. Huzzah! Actually, the Big Ten might now play, but Michigan and Michigan State won't play, so there will be less than 10 in the Big Ten, except there's more than 10 in the Big Ten. Penn State might play. It's just so confusing. Anyway, let's talk Stillers. We got our football guru, the great Matt Williamson. He's back for this season and today at 3.30. Uh... I wrote a blog at WXDX.com about Ben Roethlisberger's first game since blowing out his elbow in week two of last season. We pretend that Ben's not a question mark, but he is. He's got to be, at least to some small degree. Let's see if Ben can zip the ball to the sideline. Let's see how Ben's elbow feels in the fourth quarter and tomorrow morning. Let's see how Ben absorbs hits. Let's see if Ben is rusty. He's a notorious slow starter both in games and at the beginning of seasons. I'm optimistic based on camp, but that's only camp. 
Evgeny Malkin had a great camp. The Penguins had a great camp. I'm also a bit concerned about Joe Hayden. Maybe not in this game, maybe not in the opener, maybe not against Danny Dimes, but Hayden is 31. At some point, cornerbacks go splat. New York has the one good pass rusher, Marcus Golden, and that Steelers offensive line is on shaky ground. The weird part with the O-line is, I'm not worried about Wisniewski at all. I'm more worried about Banner and Villanueva than I am about Wisniewski subbing in at right guard for DeCastro because Wisniewski is a pro. My big watches for tonight are Claypool and Ebron. What's their impact? How much? How fast? They're big-time red zone guys. I believe the Steelers will operate with ruthless efficiency in the red zone, and that's why they will win tonight and on many other nights. Juju Smith-Schuster posted a TikTok yesterday of him bouncing on his bed in his hotel room and even humping it. I can't be critical. I hump my bed all the time. Well, not really, because the bed has to be on top. I'm old and fat, and I'm ashamed to videotape it. There was controversy when Cleveland played at Baltimore yesterday. Miles Garrett of Cleveland said afterward that one of the Baltimore Ravens called him the L word. He called him a loser. Bruh, it won somebody. Everybody says that. You play for Cleveland. Baltimore throttled Cleveland 38-6. to I'm not sure if the Ravens were that good or if the Browns were that terrible. OBJ dropped a deuce. In fact, he may have dropped three or four. Baker Mayfield was so bad, he'd have to improve some to beat Johnny Manziel Jr. Tampa Bay lost at New Orleans 34-23, so Brady won't go undefeated at Tampa. Uh, Tom Terrific threw two picks and did not look great. One was a pick six. Brady didn't go splat, but he did not look great. And that pick six, like I'm talking about with Ben and the elbow, he couldn't get the ball to the sideline. Brady couldn't get ball to the sideline, and it just went back the other way all the way. Le'Veon Bell carried six times for 14 yards and then left the game with a hamstring injury, which I would bet was fake because Le'Veon Bell is a dirty egg-sucking dog with a yellow streak down his back. The New York Jets lost, of course. Oh, wait. I just got the over-under from Vegas on when James Conner gets hurt. It is any minute now. That's an odd line. I don't even know how you bet that. Cam Newton uh, ran the ball 15 times yesterday when New England beat uh, Miami 21-11. to Belichick is going to use Newton up for a year or two and then throw him away. Like Willie Parker here in Pittsburgh, till the wheels fall off. And you know what? If you're Cam Newton, you can't complain about that because he's getting a second chance. And with a pretty good football team under a good coach and a good offensive coordinator in McDaniels. It was weird watching the NFL games with no fans. All the seats are tarped over. Is that necessary? It's not fooling anybody. Everybody knows the seats are empty. Uh, It was good to see football on TV all weekend. The lack of atmosphere was more noticeable for college than it was for pro. I keep seeing and hearing we shouldn't care about football when the world is burning and all the chaos. Hey, 
You have your priorities, and I got mine, and I can't wait for the Steeler game tonight. 412-333-WXDX. Oh, a quick Penguin note that I'll expand on a bit later. The Penguins traded Nick Bukestad to Minnesota for a conditional seventh-round pick. I'll talk more about that, like I said, later in the show. The Pens retained half of Bukestad's cap hit, so the Penguins keep around 2.1 mil somewhere in there. As I mentioned uh, briefly, the Big Ten is thinking about playing football now, just not with the entire Big Ten. They have more than 10. Now they'll have less than 10, but it will still be the Big Ten. Uh, The Big Ten should have played football all along. They started playing college football, and I haven't yet noticed a body count. So the Big Ten might play. The Pac-12 isn't. They're so far west, so they're too far woke. Uh, We need more people in more football stadiums, and that includes high school, college, and pro. Be safe, but be real. Kansas City leads the NFL in attendance at 15.8K. Jacksonville is next at 14.1K. Everybody else is tied for third at 0.0. Jacksonville dumped all their guys to tank, and they won their opener. They can't even suck right. Shout out to my buddy Tony Khan. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Like I said, we got Matt Williamson at 3.30. I know for sure it's a great segment because I taped it already. Bill Cowher made his Super Bowl prediction. You'll like it. I don't know if I agree with it. We'll talk about that just around the corner here on 105.9. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Big Ten nuttiness. Uh, Dan Patrick reports that the Big Ten is likely going to play, but that Michigan, Michigan State, Maryland, Wisconsin, and Northwestern won't play because they're really woke at those schools. But it's going to get Harbaugh mad at Michigan, won't it? Wouldn't be surprised to be quit over that. Now, Sports Illustrated is reporting that Michigan would play. But if Patrick's correct, the Big Ten would be down from 14 to 9. And I've always thought the Big Ten should change its name to however many schools are in it, like the Big 14, because who are you kidding? I mean, the Pac-10's the Pac-12 now. I think they're only at 12, but they're not playing. So what is the difference? I want Stiller Talk 412-333-WXDX. That's the number to call. The end zones in the NFL yesterday had end racism on the end lines. The helmet said stuff like BLM and Stop Hate and... George Floyd, and also end racism t-shirts. Well, problem solved. We're all one big brotherhood after that. Just kidding. It's all just more showbiz. The Steelers are wearing the name of Antoine Rose Jr. on their helmets. Uh, The local teenager who was killed in a police shooting. That's fine. I got no problem. But what about that one-year-old from Spring Hill that got shot and killed? How come his name isn't on anybody's helmet? 
Uh, Zykier Young. I'll say his name even if nobody else will. Uh, Bill Carr. I love pronouncing his name like that. That hard Pittsburgh. Bill Carr said on CBS that the Steelers in Seattle will play in the Super Bowl. That's definitely living in the past for Bill Cowher. I'm not sure it's an accurate look at the future, however. Phil Simms said Dallas is going to make the Super Bowl. Why do people, even the so-called experts, they just refuse to understand that Dallas isn't any good? The Steelers went 8-8 last year with Duck. Dallas went 8-8 last year with Dak. Duck, Dak, Dak, Duck. Dallas only scored 17 points last night. Zeke and Dak, 17 points. Overrated. So what's your outlook on the Steelers and Giants tonight? 412-333-WXDX. If the Steelers don't cover, Pittsburgh will wet its pants, all of you, and not just because it will cost you some money, but because the Giants stink. And what's wrong with the Steelers? And Tomlin sucks. And what's wrong with Ben? And you know. Everybody in Pittsburgh bets on the Steelers. It very often moves the line. Well, with the local freelance bookies anyway. I just hope Tomlin is aware of the line like Andy Reid was on Thursday. Deion Lewis played at Pitt. He won a Super Bowl in New England in 2017. He's no Jim Brown, but he's had a nice pro career. Give the man credit. Give him his money as well. Ten years. Philadelphia, Cleveland, Indy, New England, Tennessee, and now the New York football giants. See the nation and make good money besides. Let's go to Mark in economy. Mark, you're on with Double M. going on, Double M? What's up? Not much. You seem to advertise Matt Mertz a whole lot. Goodbye. What's going on? Not my concern. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. You know, the Steelers and Giants are playing tonight. The Pirates are on the B team. And you rubes can't do any better than that for the first call? What, you're not excited the NFL season's here? You don't want to talk about the Steelers and Giants? You know why? Because you know they're not as good as people say they are. That's why. You know Juju will let you down again. You know Connor will be hurt by the end of the first quarter tonight. You know all that. That's why you don't want to talk about it. You're embarrassed. And I don't blame you. I'm embarrassed for you. So let's get some real football talk right now. Just around the corner, it's our football guru, the former college and NFL scout. He is Matt Williamson. Matt Williamson up next on 105.9. Double M on the X. It's the Steelers at the New York football giants tonight. Joining me now to discuss, he is our football guru. It's former pro and college scout, Matt Williamson. Matt, uh, the big question to me, will Ben be rusty? Is his arm at full strength? Can he get the ball to the sideline? Because we seem to be assuming an awful lot. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I didn't have the benefit of going to practice, but I've talked to pretty much everyone that has been, and all the reports are the same, that it looks as good as ever. Everything we're hearing is fine. Um, and my concern, I have two concerns, and one of them I think we'll see tonight is whenever he can't set his feet or – you know, he, he's rolling to his left or someone's hanging off him or he has to throw an off-platform throw with all arm as opposed to really stepping into it, will he generate the RPMs necessary? And then the other question I have 
and this really showed up with Brady versus Breeze this weekend, is how long can he sustain it? I mean, are we going to have the same conversations at Halloween, at Thanksgiving, at Christmas, or is it going to keep declining as the season goes? Yeah, those are all fair points. And uh, Brady's not coming off elbow surgery, but he is 43. And that pick six, he had no zip on it. I think when you can't get the ball to the sideline anymore, it's about time for your exit visa to be processed. And uh, I wonder about Brady, and I wonder about Ben for slightly different reasons. Put it this way, I'll be looking at the sideline throws tonight with great interest. Yeah, absolutely. And Drew Brees, to me, looked very weak-armed in that game. Um, Brady did as well. Manning at the end. I I will say Ben as a rookie in every stage of his career, had better arms than all those guys. He's more physically gifted as a passer. But as you said, none of them are coming off elbow surgery. Now, in general, how was the quality of the football yesterday? Did it suffer because of no exhibition games? I was shocked, and I don't want to overreact because it's one Sunday of games, but I thought there would be blown coverages left and right. A lot of special team errors, blocked punts, things like that. Really poor tackling, protection issues. And I didn't see a lot of it. And I hear very little talk today about the officials, you know, influencing the game. And again, I feel like I'm jumping ahead, but it makes me think that the fans influence things a lot more than we gave them credit for maybe during all this. I thought it passed the sniff test and was pretty high-quality football all in all. Now, we talked about Ben. What about Daniel Jones, Danny Dimes, the New York quarterback? Uh, What's his ceiling, and where's he at right now? He has a lot of work to do from when we saw him last, and that's for sure. I mean, he has ability. He's a good athlete. He's, by all accounts, a very diligent worker, um, has a decent arm, above-average arm. I mean, he looks the part. He has a major, major flaw, though, that rarely gets changed for the better at the NFL level and is a real problem against the Steelers, is his pocket presence is very poor. And some of those guys, you you know, Bradshaw in the Super Bowl, he'll stand in there and take the hit to the chin to deliver the ball. It's like Jones is just oblivious to the rush and just sits there and he fumbles a lot in the pocket. He gets hit a lot. The balls doesn't come out on time. He doesn't help his protection. New York is obviously going to run a lot with uh, Saquon Barkley, even Deion Lewis, the old pit guy. That makes the clock run and the game short. Will that kind of organically keep the game close? I do think it's New York's best bet, don't you? I do. I mean, I kind of mentioned what Jones is, and I think he's a great opponent to open the season with where I think Barkley's the opposite. You know, I mean, if tackling is a little poor, that guy's going to take it 70, or he's going to run over Bush or Edmonds or whomever because he's so physically gifted. And I would think that's their approach, too. I mean, they have a lot of holes on defense that I would think shorten the game, um, play small ball, don't, you know, don't be afraid to punt here and there is the best approach if you're the Giants. Well, in that vein, Matt, Can you run on the Steelers? Because you could at the end of last year, but to be fair, that defense was awful tired by then. Yeah, I thought there was two times of the season where the run defense worried me, and I don't really even care what the numbers are. And That was at the end, like you said, when they were pretty banged up, and there were several times, that then included, but especially early in the year, 
where they were playing 60, 65 snaps and just worn down late in games. Uh, all in all, I think the steel run defense is quite good, and I know people are worried that they don't have a big nose tackle anymore. Well, that's not really what playing the, the, the run is all about anymore. I mean, they get a lot of bodies to the football. They run so well. It's a good tackling defense. I, I'm not very worried about the run defense overall, but Barkley's a handful. Well, we wonder if the Steelers' defense can possibly be better after leading the league in takeaways and sacks last year. But we don't talk much about Stephon Tewitt. He's back. He's healthy. What's the impact Tewitt's going to make? I think it's massive. I mean, you have to, in that equation, I think you have to factor in that Hargrave left, though. I mean, I think Hargrave was also an impact player. But to your point, when he went down, I thought Tewitt was their best defensive player at that point. I mean, and it wasn't by leaps and bounds. We saw how good Cam can be. I think Tewitt is the more talented player. That that foursome of Cam and Tewitt with Dupree and Watt on the outside with a four-man rush, somebody or two guys is always going to have some sort of matchup against any offensive line, let alone the one they're playing tonight, that is really, really favorable. So I think Tewitt is a huge addition. We're talking to our football guru, Matt Williamson, here on 105.9 The X. Uh, is New York's defense any good, any better? It has very few names, and while I don't think it sucks, Matt, I don't see many playmakers, do you? I think it might suck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they've used a lot of their resources on the offensive line. They, they brought in a new defensive coordinator who is from the Belichick tree. And what that means is they want big, sturdy, massive defensive tackle types. And they have those guys. You know, Lawrence and Williams are, are a really good group. But that also means that they put a lot of pressure on their cover men. They want versatile safeties. They want corners that can play a lot of man coverage because they're going to generate pressure with blitz. Well, that part of the equation is a disaster. I mean, they've been investing in corners the last couple of years, and none of them are working out. Their safety, their second round safety got hurt. They don't have the, the they don't have the man coverage guys really in the back seven. Their linebackers are bad. They don't have good edge rushers. Uh, I think their defense is a real problem. Can the Steelers run the ball? Not not just tonight, Matt, but but in general, because that offensive line is already in tatters, and I really don't like the running back depth beyond Connor. I think that's a good question, and I do think the Giants, especially up the middle will not be easy to run on tonight. I think you can have some success on the edge. But I think that's a very pivotal question. I mean, can Connor stay healthy? Can they maintain a solid, dependable running game? And I don't even care what the numbers are, but when you need to close a team out, when you need to show balance, make people honor play action, things along those lines, I think they need to have that to be an upper-tier offense. I lean towards yes, but I'm not going to go out on that limb very far. Now, I believe the Steelers' biggest strength on offense, besides just Ben, might be domination in the red zone. They were first in the red zone a couple years ago when Ben was healthy, and they were last in the red zone last year. Ben has so many different targets, doesn't he? Vertical and horizontal. Yes, I think that's one of the... To take it a step further, I think their ability to trot out five different skill position players of all sorts of varieties. You know, you pick and choose who you want for different situations. And I do agree. I think say what you want about Ebron over his career. He's had an up and down career, but he thrives in the red zone. 
Claypool, by all accounts, is going to be a red zone monster in terms of jump balls and shielding people off with quick hitting slants and things like that. I think Juju's fine there. I think McDonald's fine there. So, yeah, I, I, I expect them to score points when they get down close. Talk about the difference between vertical and horizontal targets in the red zone, Matt, because people always want the big guys, the vertical guys like Ebron and Claypool to do all the work. But those smaller guys cutting in and out underneath, they really open up the traffic, don't they? They do. They do. I mean, uh, these offenses have gotten so advanced that when you play a lot of man in the red zone, you need those quick guys. Think Julian Edelman, you know, that'll come out of his breaks get a pick or a rub, get open really quick. And I think Deontay Johnson's very well equipped to do that. I mean, obviously guys with size are useful. You can box out. You can go up and get it. Again, by all accounts, Claypool plays above the rim, and there aren't going to be many corners that can pluck it off the rim with him and grab rebounds like he can. But you're right. I mean, there's absolutely something to be said for quickness and I know you don't think about that from a tight end position much but Ebron's a lot quicker in and out of his breaks than most Steeler tight ends we can remember now we keep hearing Matt Canada is going to make a difference with the offense he's the new QB's coach the ex-pit guy Uh, how will that manifest itself I can't wait to see it I mean to be very honest with you I think the offense will look noticeably different to the naked eye to the untrained eye my biggest complaint with the Steeler offense over the last handful of years was, why are you always at the bottom of the league in play action? Why are you always at the bottom of the league with pre-snap motion? Those are free things that the NFL gives you now that are great, great tools, and all the analytic numbers back you up to know to, you know, to the nth degree. And the Steelers neglected that in the past, and I never understood it. So I expect the offense to look noticeably different tonight. More motion different types of motion, and a lot more play action. The listeners should really look out for that. What should we expect from Juju and Connor? Because, to be blunt, Matt, they were big parts of last year's failure. They were, and I know both of them have a lot to play for in terms of financially getting their reputation back, You know, getting uh, their status back in the public eye from where they were a year from now, a year ago. I don't love either. I think both are good football players. If you're thinking about big picture, I think the Steelers are very well equipped to move on from both of them. They're, I think Connor's more pivotal at this point because you mentioned the you trust the backs behind him, and I think he's better in the passing game than obviously a guy like Snell. Um, I expect both to be strong role players. By no means are they A.B. and Lev Bell, though. What are your expectations for Zach Banner at right tackle? And how secure is he in that job? Because, Matt, it strikes me, the O-line we see tonight might be constantly evolving uh, all season long. It might. I mean, from what I understand, they're very high on Chooks and Banner. And unlike most position battles in the NFL, it wasn't a case of, boy, neither one of these guys are good enough. We're searching for an answer. We're just going to pick one and hope for the best. I think they would like to keep both guys around make one of them Big Al's successor a year from now. I might be more worried about Villanueva than right tackle, to be honest with you. Yeah, I I think it's an equal worry, at least initially. Yeah. And I've heard too, Matt, that Chooks may absorb some snaps at both right tackle and left tackle 
uh, tonight and, and all season long if things stay the same because the faith in Villanueva isn't what it once was. Have you heard that? Yeah, and I think that that might be more of a hopefully 2021 thing, and I think that might have hurt Chukes in the right tackle battle that, hey, we like you better at left tackle than we like Banner. So in a way, you could look at that as a glass, glass half full thing and say, well, they like the two young guys. Or you could look at it and say, well, the guy that's playing all the snaps at left tackle worries them, and rightfully so. When New York pressures Ben, where's the pressure going to come from? Uh, I expect a pretty diverse blitz package. Their their defensive tackles are known as run stuffers, Leonard Williams, um, and the, the first-round pick last year, the Clemson kid, Lawrence. They're big power players, but they will push the pocket um, and make life uncomfortable for Ben, it, just an immediate between-the-tackles type rush. And I expect a lot of corner blitzes, safety blitzes, Jabril Peppers. I just don't know if they have the corners to get away with that, the cover guys. Finally, Matt, uh, who, who do you like tonight? I predicted the Steelers to definitely win. I think cover six is, I think it's dicey, but I think they probably will. What say you? Yeah, I have them like 24-17 in that neighborhood, maybe a little better in the Steelers' favor. I would lay the six. I just don't have a lot of faith in the Giants. Matt, great stuff. We appreciate taking the time. Glad you're back. We'll do it again next week. All right, Mark. Take care. We'll see you. That is Matt Williamson, our football guru. I'm Mark Madden. We got Chris Adamski from the Trib. He joins me at 4:30, and we got Steeler talk all day long here on 105.9. If you want to talk Steelers, we can. Four one two three 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 WXDX. That was great expert analysis from Matt Williamson, our football guru. If you'd like to chime in now is the time to call. Uh, we talked earlier about Juju uh, humping a bed, dry humping a bed, his hotel room bed on the road. Definitely the dignified image that I would think the Steelers of the 70s would be proud of. And also Juju gave some homeless guy a meal on video. Of course it was on video, otherwise what would be the point of doing it? So good for Juju. He makes us all so proud. Let me quote the great Pat McAfee, who said today on his radio show, we're going to have the soundbite for you tomorrow. He said, when I came into the NFL, I just shut up. I didn't start doing anything off the field until I was good at my job. I think those are words to live by. Well, frankly, for Juju, who wasn't very good at his job last year. In fact, he was invisible. Uh, the Penguins traded Nick Bukestad to Minnesota for a conditional seventh-round pick. Not exactly marvelous return, and the Penguins kept half of Bukestad's cap hit, uh, a little over $2 million. Jim Rutherford is trying to free up some money for when free agency hits. He's uh, not only trying to trade Matt Murray, I'm told he's also trying to trade Jared McCann, both of whom will be restricted free agents. And since Bukestad just got traded, uh, and Rutherford wants to trade McCann, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Rutherford would like to sign a third-line center. Just a hunch. The Penguins have never really replaced Nick Benino. I never thought Benino would be that good when they got him. 
I never thought Benito would be that missed once he left. I'm not sure Nick Bukestad isn't a good hockey player, but he just kept getting hurt. If Bukestad had played center with Bo Bennett, it'd be the pandemic line. There might be a body count. Coast to Coast brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at cwelectricalservices.com and by the law firm of Shenderovich, Shenderovich and Fishman. They got your back, not your wallet. This is a pretty good game of football on uh, Peacock. Chelsea only leads Brighton and Hove Albion 1-0. Chelsea breaking in all these new star players and Brighton have been all over them for the last uh, five or so minutes. Uh, getting back to the football you like, but which I frankly abhor, that game between Cleveland and Baltimore yesterday was great entertainment. Cleveland's theme song should be Yakety Sacks. Uh, the Browns downed the punt at the one. So Baltimore immediately went 99 yards and got a touchdown. Cleveland was kind of in it early on. So the kicker missed an extra point and a field goal. The Browns got another new coach, but Cleveland is still shaky and undisciplined. The logo is permanently imbued with the stench of failure. Well, except the Browns don't really have a logo. How can I best put it? Okay, the Browns smell like their color. Oh, I forgot Admiral Alana in the lineup for Brighton and Hove Albion. Ex of Liverpool, part of the champions last year. Good for Alana getting a game which is why he went there. J.K. Dobbins, the rookie back from Ohio State, he scored two touchdowns for Baltimore yesterday, and Steeler Twitter was bitching, oh, we should have drafted that guy. Hey, how about we let Chase Claypool play a game first? Uh, I think Chase Claypool going to be just fine. I think he will usher Juju out of time, which is what I'm rooting for. Uh, I watched a lot of football yesterday. I'm sure I'll get over that. Boy, does any NFL team have more media fanboys and stooges than Dallas? Dallas lost at the LA Rams 20-17 yesterday. All Dak and Zeke could put up is 17 points. That's it. Uh, little catch-up for, for hockey. Uh, Tampa Bay manhandled the Islanders yesterday. They lead the Eastern Conference Final three games to one. Vegas and Dallas play tonight. Dallas leads the Western Conference Final three games to one and can close out that series with a victory. That's a weird series because I feel like Vegas has had the better of the play in most of the games. But Vegas is the team on the brink of elimination. I'd go to Marc-Andre Fleury tonight in goal for Vegas. It's not Robin Lehner's fault. They're down three games to one. But I would go to the Cup winner. Uh, Alec Mills pitched a no-hitter for the Cubs yesterday. And it wasn't against the Pirates, so it's a legitimate no-hitter. Every time I hear a no-hitter got pitched, I assume it's against the Pirates. I'm like, what, again? Uh, Getting back to the Steelers, their outlook not just for tonight, but their outlook for the season. Uh, I keep hearing what an easy schedule Pittsburgh has. Besides Baltimore, the winning percentage of the teams the Steelers play from last year is 39%. But the Steelers do got to play Baltimore. You can't just 
dismiss them from the schedule by way of putting forth your argument when they're ridiculous amount of games like 14. And it's such a slippery slope with that winning percentage from last year stuff because teams turn it around so fast in the NFL and they can turn it around bad too. They can go the other way. They can go south. They can get bad. So I don't take that last year's winning percentage stuff too seriously. Not September. Let's see who got what and who did what and who looks like what. Uh, the Steelers are a 9 or 10 win team that could be better. And that's as far as I'll go. And of course, my official Mark Madden show prediction made on last Friday's award winning show was 10 wins. Although I already hate myself because in my heart, I think it's going to be nine. I hedged my bet. Vegas has nine and a half wins is the over-under for the Steelers. If I could predict nine and a half and six and a half, I would. But you can't. As I mentioned, the Pirates lost to Kansas City yesterday, 11-0. to zero. The Royals stink, last place in the AL Central, and they swept the Pirates and beat them 11-0 in the series finale. Kansas City by Pitts, uh, Kansas City by 11 over Pittsburgh. Remember that for if the Steelers play the Chiefs. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Steelers and the New York Football Giants tonight. I think the Steelers win. I think the Giants might cover, but probably not. I have to really talk myself, convince myself, nay, con myself into thinking the Giants can cover. I think Daniel Jones is going to be a pretty good NFL quarterback. I just don't think he is currently. Saquon Barkley, probably the best back in the league, but it's not that kind of league. Evan Engram, good tight end. Steelers have trouble with guys like that. Sterling Shepard, decent receiver. I think the Giants have some weapons, but I think the Steelers have more weapons on defense than the Giants have on offense. Um... The New York defense ain't very good. Like you heard Matt Williamson say, it may well suck. But the Steeler offense, till Ben can kind of shake it loose. Like I keep saying, let's see if he can zip the ball to that sideline with that new elbow. Until he does, in a real game, we don't know. We assume, and that's probable, but we don't know. Let's see if Ben's rusty. Let's see how that elbow feels in the fourth quarter and tomorrow morning after the game. But the Steelers win and probably cover the six. The red zone offense for the Steelers will be incredible. I'm curious to see what kind of a game James Conner has. What kind of game the Steelers running attack has. That offensive line, you don't want to hear me, but I'm going to keep telling you. It's a mess already. It's an absolute mess already. The caster is going to go on IR. Write that down. You heard it here. He has all the signs of IR. He just does. And uh, Banner, he won the job. Full credit. Let's see what he can do. I still think Chooks figures in there somewhere, but it might be from Villanueva, like Matt Williamson said. Okay, 412-333-WXDX. I spoke about this earlier. Up next, I'll speak about it in length. People in this area don't care about college football. And what happened in this area this past weekend in college football is, quite frankly, why they don't. It's the Mark Madden Show, 105.9 X.